Hello and welcome to the Blue Collar Yields podcast. I am your host, Tom Migliaccio. At Blue Collar Yields, we will talk about real estate, entrepreneurialism, and many other topics. You can find more episodes on Apple Podcasts. And while there, don't forget to rate this show and subscribe. Our next guest is Ryan Fisher from Camaplan. Camaplan is a self-directed retirement plan providers that allows its clients the opportunity to invest in alternative investments like private real estate, mortgage notes, private placements, tax liens, hedge funds, precious metals, and more. Ryan will walk us through what a self-directed retirement account is, the benefits of using one, and some examples of how his clients use the platform to access alternative investments. There's a significant amount of personal wealth residing in retirement accounts that are currently limited to stocks and bonds. This episode will help listeners learn how they can use self-directed accounts to diversify their portfolio through alternative investments. Ryan, thanks for being with us today. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to answer our question. Tom, I really appreciate you having me here today. Uh, Glad to be a guest on your show. So let's get into it. If you could please give us a brief overview of Camaplan, both its history and the service that it provides. Sure. As you mentioned before, Camaplan provides investors with the opportunity to invest in alternative investments, such as real estate, private lending, private placements, and other private funds that are you know, real estate and note as well that result in better terms for the investor. Camaplan was founded by Carl Fisher and Maggie Palisano over a decade and a half ago. They're both investors and they wanted to create an elite platform for savvy investors to use. And that's how Camaplan got underway. So when you think of retirement accounts, 401ks and IRAs come to mind. Can you walk us through what a self-directed retirement account is and how it compares to traditional retirement deals? Sure. All the rules are the same at Camoplan as they are at any other brokerage house, such as Merrill Lynch or Vanguard, Fidelity, etc. You're basically just changing the investment. Instead of buying a stock or a mutual fund, you can buy 123 Ocean Ave or lend money to John Doe, for example or private funds. Distributions, contributions are the same. Don't get too caught up on the word self-directed, and I'll go into that a little bit more later, but basically an IRA is an IRA to the IRS. We just don't limit you to what you can invest in. Traditional retirement accounts are usually limited to stocks, bonds, mutual funds. What other type of investment opportunities are available to self-directed account holders that are not typically available in traditional retirement accounts? Great question. So the IRS never tells you what you can invest in, only what you cannot invest in. And that's a pretty small list. It's collectibles and life insurance. So as long as it doesn't classify as collectibles or life insurance, which includes antiques and gems, booze, etc., most likely you can use your IRA to invest in it. I was initially shocked by the wide range of investments that are available to self-directed account holders. Are your clients also pleasantly surprised by the investment choices 
they have via their Camo Plan account? Yeah, absolutely. The majority of our investors invest into real estate, private placement memorandums, private lending, precious metals, which includes gold, silver, platinum, palladium. That's physical bullion. However, there's a lot of other investments. We have a lot of other one-offs. We've had people buying coffee beans and trees overseas. I had a girl that had llamas in her Roth IRA and they got shaved for the fur and, you know, the money went back into her IRA. So, yeah, there's a wide range of that, but the majority is in the other kind of fields that I told you. But overall, the clients are very happy with their choices as they're the ones that are actually choosing these investments. So it's something that they usually know and understand and kind of have an outlook of, you know, what the return is going to be from analyzing it. They just have more control over what they're doing. As you're well aware, I mean, the stock market, we have very little control over. Has there ever been a time where Camaplan received the delivery of a contract of something? Let's say oil or some sort of coffee beans, something along those lines. Yeah, no, we have people that invest in mineral rights with oil and as well as the fracking and all of that stuff as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it was more of uh, if they've ever not sold out the contract and it's been in the money prior to expiration. I'm actually a little unsure. Operations might have a little more details on that, but yeah. What other tax advantages of owning alternative investments in a self-directed account? The tax advantages, I mean, most of these accounts are either tax-deferred or tax-free. We only deal with qualified funds. I mean, I'm a bit... So tax-deferred accounts, for example, and you can do all of these with Camaplan. You have your traditional IRAs, SEPs, simple, and solo 401ks. And then you have tax-free accounts such as the Roth, the ESA, which is the educational savings account, and HSAs, which are the health savings accounts. And those all grow tax-free. I mean, I'm a big fan of the Roth IRA. I think everybody should have one. And the HSAs, if you fit in there and you have a plan that qualifies you for that, they're great because they allow you to put money in tax-deferred, and when it comes out for qualified expenses, it's tax-free, so that's awesome. So are you more partial to the Roth IRA over the traditional IRA? Because I know what my taxes are now, I don't know what they'll be when I go to retire. Most people I talk to think the taxes will probably be higher by the time they end up in retirement. So I can kind of bite that bullet now and, you know, say, okay, well, I'm willing to pay this. I know what my tax bracket is. And when I take that money out in the future, I'm going to take all of it out. So if I want to take $3 million out of my Roth IRA, I'm going to put $3 million into my pocket. If I go to do that out of a tax deferred account, let's just say everything stayed the same and I grew my account to $3 million. Well, I have to give 40% of that back to Uncle Sam. So, you know, I end up with roughly, you know, a little more than half that. So I kind of describe it as, do you want to pay on the seeds or the crop? And I'd rather kind of pay on the seeds than pay at the end and not know because taxes could be 60% then. But if they went down, then maybe, you know, it wouldn't have been as bad, but at least I know what I'm going to have in the future. So that's why I'm a fan of it and 
I think most people like the ability to do that. And you can always convert a traditional IRA at any point with any amount to a Roth IRA. You would obviously end up paying the taxes. But I think as people look for their financial future, that a Roth IRA is a game changer and something they should pay attention to. What about high earners that don't qualify for the Roth IRA because of income limitations? Great question. So that only refers to contributions. So if you make too much money to contribute, and you'll kind of hear this word on the street, backdoor Roth is kind of what they refer to. It's not necessarily a backdoor, but in 2010, the IRS changed that rule and they said, so basically all you have to do is fill out an extra form. Anybody, no matter how much money you make, can contribute to a traditional IRA. But you can convert your traditional IRA at any time to a Roth at any amount. So we will have clients that have a traditional IRA with us with a zero balance, and then they have a Roth IRA. They'll contribute every year to their traditional IRA, and then, you know, the next day we'll convert it over to their Roth. They just have to fill out a conversion form, and there is no limit on that. And just to reiterate, converting over from a traditional to a Roth is as simple as filling out a conversion form and sending it to you guys, right? Right. So all you're doing is you just have to take that one extra step. Someone who you know qualifies to make the contribution will make it directly to their Roth. Someone who makes too much money will put it in their traditional, fill out the extra conversion form, and have to convert it to their Roth. The consequences are the same. When you put it directly in the Roth, you'll get your 1099 to pay the taxes for the Roth, while you're also going to get a 1099 when you convert from the traditional to the Roth. So it's exactly the same thing. You just have to fill out an extra form. So it's a good point to make everybody aware of because you weren't allowed to do that prior to 2010 and accountants, and then people might not look back at it. But yeah, anybody can have a Roth. So why don't more people know about self-directed IRAs and the ability to allocate funds to alternative investments? Well, I think it really comes down to the big brokerage houses. Obviously, that's not what they specialize in. They don't really want to do that. So they're not going to tell you that they can do that. They want to give you their list of stocks, bonds, and mutual funds and say, hey, well, here you go. This is what you get to invest in. They don't want to tell you that you can do this because that's going to take money out of their pocket and out of their system. With these self-directed accounts, you know, about 3% of the country knows about these and uses them. It's becoming more and more aware. There's books. There's articles. I mean, every week, I mean, there's tons of information out there now on this. It's growing a lot more quickly than it was, you know, 10 or 15 years ago just because the information is there. But the brokerage houses, and I don't want to say that the brokerage houses won't do it. You know, if your last name's Trump or Rockefeller or Kennedy, they've been doing it for years. But when you have a billion dollars, they usually don't tell you no. So they're not going to do it for the average person. Make sense? Yeah, I understand completely. And we kind of touched on this, but the most common self-directed account that I hear about is a self-directed IRA. What other kind of self-directed accounts are available to investors? So all the types that I told you before, you can self-direct any of them. The traditional, the SEP, the simple, the Roth, the HSAs, ESAs, solo 401ks can all be self-directed. Don't get so I'll go a little bit into this. The word self-directed 
it's just an adjective in front of an IRA, right? The brokerage houses will tell you you have a self-directed IRA. What they mean by that, though, is, hey, here's our list of stocks, bonds, mutual funds, et cetera. You can direct this into anything that you want that's on this list. So when you tell them, well, hey, I'd like to buy one, two, three Ocean Ave, they're going to say, I'm sorry, that's not on our list. So you just want to, you know, not get too caught up on that word. It's truly self-directed with Camoplan. We don't have a list. We let you invest in anything that the IRS doesn't prohibit. So it really is truly self-directed because you're picking the investments. You're not picking them off a limited list. So let's say an investor has $2 million in retirement funds. $1 million are in various IRAs and $1 million are in a 401k. How difficult is it to get those funds in your self-directed retirement account? And what would the process look like? It's very easy, and I'm just going to touch back because I missed on your question when you said the most common one is the self-directed IRA. Usually that refers to a traditional IRA because a lot of people, like you just mentioned, have money from a 401k, and a lot of the 401k plans are tax-deferred. So when they end up leaving those companies and they want to do something with it, they end up rolling it into a traditional IRA, which is tax-deferred, just like their 401k plan is. Now, some plans allow you to have a Roth portion to it or all Roth, but the majority of them are there. So that's why you'll hear just a self-directed regular IRA usually relates to the traditional tax-deferred IRA. So however, though, moving the funds is very simple. If you have a million dollars in your IRA, well, you just open the same type of account here at Camoplan and you would fill out a transfer form. And we would send that to the custodian that's holding those funds and they would train you would liquidate your account you would transfer cash here so you would sell your holdings you know the stocks and mutual funds and whatnot so it's a simple process we take care of that in the background generally speaking give or take two weeks before the funds are here ready to go the 401k plan is just as simple it's just done on the other side so basically who's ever holding your 401k plan will have their own form and that's going to be a rollover versus a transfer which they're going to have a rollover form. You're going to say, I would like to roll this over to Camoplan, give them our account and address. Then they'll go ahead and send those funds out. They can go into the same type of account that you, you know, transferred your other million from your IRA in. Now, Ryan, you touched on this earlier, and I want to circle back on this. Most people, they get a little bit uneasy, maybe because you said they had to liquidate their securities holding. Will that trigger a taxable event? No, absolutely not. It's just like if they're unsure of the market and they said to their advisor, you know, go ahead and sell my mutual funds or these stocks. I mean, and that would be just like even if they didn't move it, they could just have cash sitting at their account now, which most people usually have some balance of cash there. Now they would just add to that. No taxes or penalties or anything there. It's just like if you moved your account from Merrill Lynch to Vanguard. There's, you know, it's staying in a tax-sheltered environment. The same goes for us. Yeah, thanks for clearing that up. Absolutely. Are you able to start a business with funds from your retirement account? And if so, have you had any account holders do that? The answer is yes, but not from IRAs. IRAs can't lend to yourself and you can't pay yourself. So I'll get in a little bit to that in another question I think that you have for me. 
but basically where you'd want to go with that if you're starting a business they have you usually do that with a 401k plan and that's the robs r-o-b-s and that stands for rollover business startups so you would use a 401k plan to do that and yes there are people that do that and you can work in the business and take a salary and everything but you're not going to do that with an ira but you could do it with the 401k how about acquiring an existing business is that something that can be done with a capital plan ira it can again you would go back to the 401k most likely would be the best option depending on the circumstances obviously but there are a few things to consider and i won't go too depth into this but the irs has what they call ubit it's u-b-i-t unrelated business income tax and then they also have udfi which is unrelated debt financing income so if the business had debt or you had debt on it you would have to pay taxes otherwise everybody in the country will put their business in an ira or a 401k and not pay taxes it's form 990t that an ira uses to pay those taxes but there's a little bit more involved with basically the irs says if you're going to run a business out of your ira you're going to pay taxes so i'll use a simple example if you were flipping houses out of the ira well the irs considers that a business because you have inventory in and you have inventory out now if you were bought a house and you were renting it for rental income well that's an investment and now you don't have that situation where you would pay taxes but you bet there's articles out there that'll shed some negative light on it i don't really consider it a bad thing we have clients that will do it in certain scenarios where it does apply I wouldn't be afraid of it. If you're having to pay it, it means you're making pretty good money. So, you know, it, it's just something to be aware of. I know hard money lenders charge anywhere from 8 to 13%. It seems like private lending would be a good way for some clients to earn extra income and returns. How popular is this with your clients? Private lending is very popular. I mean, investors are always looking for more money. I don't think I've met anybody that said if they didn't have more money, they wouldn't do more deals. So the banks make it tough. You got to jump through the hoops and depending on who you are and how many properties you own, you might not even be able to get any more money from the banks. So investors have to look elsewhere and the process is a lot simpler to work with private lenders to get additional funds. And yeah, it's very popular and people are doing very well with it. Obviously, you want to work with good people, so I always tell people to do their due diligence through their lending with, but yes, very popular. Can you tell us some creative or outside-the-box ways that your clients have been able to use their camo plans to grow their net worth? I've seen some people do really well with their kids' ESAs and their own uh, health savings accounts. Like I said, you get to put money in tax-deferred in that health savings account, and I mean, you can do the same thing, just like in the Roth or traditional buying real estate. Some people have used options, and that goes for notes in the real estate as well to kind of boost, give their IRAs, you know, boost there. Other people have invested in startup companies that have done really well, and the companies have become profitable, and, you know, they've gotten some excellent returns back. 
from, you know, some investments like that. Like I said, it's not limited and it will depend on kind of your circle and who you know and what investment opportunities are presented to you at the time. But there's some very lucrative, you know, opportunities out there that our clients have gotten involved in. Self-directed accounts do require some planning to make sure they don't run afoul of the IRS. Could you please walk us through what the IRS has deemed prohibited transactions? Sure. Great question. So prohibited people, I'll start with that, are stemming from you, linear A cent and D cent. So you, your spouse, parents, grandparents, kids, grandkids, or any business or entity you own 50% or more of or have control of is considered a prohibited person or entity. So for example, I'll use real estate. If your IRA purchases real estate, the word manage gets thrown around out there a lot. You're still managing it, but kind of from an arm's length distance. You can pick the contractor, you can pick the color to paint the wall, but you couldn't hire your dad if he's an electrician to go do the work in the house, right? I understand, yeah. Or any of those other prohibited people, or if you own the business and you own a contracting business, you can't hire your own contracting business. Basically, no self-dealing or sweat equity, and the IRS doesn't want you buying and selling to any of those people, too. So your IRA couldn't, you know, buy a house that your dad owned because he's a prohibited person. Right, because they have the direct line in it. I understand that. Now, everybody does, let me just clarify, too, when they say no family. So like I said, lineal A cent and D cent there. You could buy a house and have your brother work on it, rent it to your brother or sister or aunt or uncle or cousin, and they would be fine. But just that lineal A cent and D cent. Okay, and then what are the penalties that the IRS levies on prohibited transactions? So if you're under 59 and a half, and these rules are all the same, wherever you have an IRA, it's a 10% penalty if you're under 59 and a half, because basically you're going to have to distribute the account and you'll pay the taxes on it. And then you'll pay an additional 10% if you did that and you're under 59 and a half. If you're over 59 and a half, you don't have the 10% penalty. They just distribute it at X value, whatever it is. But there is, you know, there is no IRA jail. That's the worst thing that they're going to do. So how important is it to work alongside a CPA? to make sure that you aren't making a mistake that could be qualified as a prohibited transaction? I think it's very important. I encourage everybody to work with their CPAs and attorneys. The rules aren't that difficult, and a lot of investments, you know, you can stay pretty clear of that. I mean, private lending is pretty straightforward. Notes, I mean, investing into the private funds. But still, I think it's very important to have your little team, hey, you know, here's my plan. You know, one of my buckets is over here in alternative investments, and this is what I'm doing with it. You know, how's this look to you? And I think, yeah, I think getting a blessing from your CPAs and attorneys is always worth it. I always tell people, better to do it right from the beginning than it is to try to fix something. Yeah, especially with the IRS. <laughs> right. So if you click around camaplan.com, you'll see there's a Cama Academy which offers both webinars and live events. Can you tell us some more about the Kama Academy and what it has to offer? Absolutely. So we're pretty big on education. We think it's important for our investors to be educated investors. Along with that, an educated investor usually does well 
with their investments. And we have CPAs that have went through the rules and attorneys on these recorded webinars. They're free to watch right under Cam Academy. You'll see recorded webinars. We're also out in the community at live events. We also have events at our office. Everything is on the calendar underneath Cam Academy. And I think it's great to learn from other people. My dad always said, it's great to learn from your own mistakes, but it's better to learn from somebody else's. That is true. And then with everything that Camaplan has to offer, you guys must charge a lot on fees. The fees are pretty simple. It's $50 to open an account. We have two ways of doing our annual record keeping fee. A flat $275 per asset per year. Now we do prorate that from when you buy it, but I'll just speak annually there. So that doesn't matter whether you buy a $50,000 house or a $50 million building. It's $275 a year for the annual record keeping. The other way we have is value-based, and that's based on the value of the account times a multiplier, and that's tiered depending on how much is in the account. Transaction fees are simple. A real estate transaction is $150. Everything else is $95. And the only other fees are you know, an overnight fee, a wire fee, that kind of stuff. So they're pretty reasonable and competitive based in the market that we're in. So are there any other fees that you guys charge? Do these payments go into the account as contributions into the IRAs or are they separate? No, they're not. So anything associated with the investment, the IRA would pay for, but CAMA fees can be paid out of the account or with a check or credit card. Ryan, thanks for being here today. How can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about Camaplan accounts and services? Sure. I would say everyone should visit the website, and that's at www.camaplan.com. I can be reached at 215-283-2868. And you're welcome to always email info, I-N-F-O, at Camaplan. But to reach me personally, it's R. Fisher, and that's R-F-I-S-C-H-E-R at Camaplan.com. Thanks again for being here. We really appreciate your time. Tom, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If there are more topics you would like to hear about, you can email us at info at bluecollaryields.com. For more episodes, you can search Blue Collar Yields on Apple Podcasts.